Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As die-hard conservative to this guy for wisdom. All right, Drew Nation, welcome back. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. Look, you know, I, 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 um, I've still got a little nasally thing going on. Although, you know, today, I, I, you know, since last Wednesday, I suppose, I was really feeling bad. And today's the best I've felt. You know, apart from a little lingering congestion here and things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much 100%. Just got the sniffles a little bit, so I do apologize. You know, my, my dad, I talked to him earlier today. And he mentioned to me what I had was 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 kind of in the back of my head after last episode. You know, we we had a technical issue, so all of the sound. I mean, I listened to last episode, and boy, that was a whopper of an episode. Every episode becomes the most important episode uh, Captain and I have produced and put together here. But la- you know, last one was jam packed with important information, and and you know, I, I feel terrible because you know. <laughs> It's a nightmare with with but technology so great, but it also sucks sometimes because somehow my audio defaulted to the computer and so it wasn't recorded through the microphone. I thought, man, my nasally voice, I know I know it took me up a couple octaves. I sound like one of these uh, eunuchs in the Democratic Party, these these fake men that use pronouns. But uh you know, so nonetheless the audio quality was bad. So, you know, we've got that resolved. We're we're past it. And today again, look, there's there's just so much to get into, and and I, I just got to be honest with you. You know, I want to forewarn you. I I am not trying to panic you. Uh, it's not my objective to scare you, but I am extremely concerned about the state of the country, not just the state of the country, but for all of our our safety individual safeties and you know i have some you know just heartfelt advice I'll, I'll i'll give out during the show uh things that i'm thinking about and doing but you know i just woke up this morning and, and you know what i think it is for me i think that you know because captain you've got you've got grown kids uh you've got grown kids uh they're successful uh i know a little bit about them and and gosh he has a lot of reason to be proud and I only hope that my kids down the road will be as 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 wonderful as the captain's own children. And but you know, for me, it's the beginning of that journey. And you know, I know others of you maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe some of you aren't, but you know, it just rings differently for me because you know, any day now, more or less, you know, my wife's going to give birth to our first kid, a daughter. And, you know, I don't mean to get bogged down in personal stuff too much. We'll talk about the issues. But, you know, I think it's it's important that you know who I am and learn a little bit about me because I'm a human being and I'm just a patriot that loves the country uh, as well. And I just I just look at what's happening. And I not only think about the mess that I'm going to be left to clean up and you and those of us who are active right now, but I think about my soon-to-be newborn daughter. And the last thing I ever want is for her to come into a world that is in, abs- is in absolute disarray, that, it, that is dangerous. And that's how rapid this transformation has happened in America. And really, it's, it's, 
I mean, look, I'm a, I call myself a geriatric millennial, right? I mean, I, I'm towards the end of the spectrum. I was born in 87. And I had, I, I had a wonderful upbringing. I really did. I grew up in the Dallas, Texas area. And these issues, they, they did exist. The, uh, what's happening in our schools with the gen- encouragement of genitalia, genital mutilation, this transgenderism, the, you know, encouraging people to uh, embrace their inner gay, um, this assault on America, it just, it, it did not, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And, you know, a lot of this decline started under the Obama administration, to be clear. George Bush hastened a lot of this uh, uh, rejection of capitalism with the first kind of bank bailouts that happened in 2008. And, you know, here we are. Here we are. And, you know, Moody's has downgraded our credit status essentially as a nation now. The, the, the federal government, look, the, the, the Biden administration is lying to you and to me. What they essentially just did under the guise of staving off the contagion and, you know, an ex- exacerbated situation in the financial system with banks, you know, bailing out Signature, bailing out SVB, they nationalized the banks, not just those banks that were bailed out, but they effectively nationalized all the banks. And I have an article I'll read to you from the New York Times that explains it. But capitalism is, is, is just is barely hanging on by a thread in America right now. And I must mention to you that, oh, (laughs) Barack Obama, you know, yeah, uh, same thing. Joe Biden, you know, he's out there now. Look, you know, this is the first time I've seen Joe Biden and the Democratic Party push a gun grab that didn't come on the heels of a mass shooting. You know, we've grown to expect, right, that the administration, the gun grabbers, the anti-Second Amendment folks who are tyrants, who want to come for the guns, well, you know, they exploit every tragedy, regardless of the facts, Regardless of the specifics, they exploit them all to call for legislation to seize our guns. And and this time's different. This time's different. Biden's come out and he's apparently signing a bunch of executive orders, which are wholly unconstitutional, to do that which Congress has been slow to do which is essentially universal background checks and so on and so forth. And the point is to establish a national gun registry. And you've got to push back and I've got to push back because, you know, what the Democrats are going to do, like they always do, is they're going to call us conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists. Now, this has been done in Cuba. It's been done in the UK. It's been done in countless countries across the world. Uh, Cuba itself... Prior to the late 1950s, that population owned guns. People had revolvers. They created a gun registry, then they banned the guns, and then people went door to door and said, you need to give me your gun or I'm going to put you in jail. That's how it begins. The UK did something similar 
Uh, there. And that's the purpose of this. And I'll get into that more in a moment. But, you know, we are facing very real potential financial collapse in this country. And this administration has, of course, intentionally made us less safe by putting criminals on the streets. And what do they want to do amidst all this turmoil in which we need to protect ourselves more than ever? Well, they want to come for our guns. And they're using not, not a gun violence incident that just took place to do this and call for this. It's just coming out of nowhere. And it's no coincidence that as America faces ruin, collapse, catastrophe, that they are rushing, rushing, rushing to come for the guns. And it's a terrifying scenario. And I, I, will, I will be very honest with you. I don't care where you live. I would buy guns and ammo. I would buy guns and ammo and I would do it like yesterday, yesterday. Uh, You know, I'm not trying to go down the rabbit hole. We've got a lot of other stories to get into, but you know, look, as the economy becomes less stable, what follows? Crime. Desperation leads to barbarism. And people that, even through no fault of their own, have to suffer because of probably they voted for Joe Biden even. Those who were forced to suffer the most under his economic policies. Well, when it comes to survival, I mean, look at food prices. You know, if you haven't been monitoring this situation, it's, it's almost... You know, going out to eat is almost on par with buying food to cook for yourself. That, that, that is how bad the inflation has become. And I, I, I mean, this has not happened in my life since I've been here. I wasn't alive during the 70s. But, you know, going out to eat used to be a luxury, right? You saved money by staying home and cooking. I can tell you from my own experience, I go to the grocery store. Even if I look and, you know, I I live in a smaller community and one of the stores happens to be overpriced in general. That's just the the way it goes. But even the safe way, I can go to either of those those grocery stores and shop. And, you know, I mean, if I wanted to make soup, my own soup without buying it out out of a can, it's like 60, 70 bucks for the ingredients. To make soup. All right. And I'm just telling you that criminality is going to proliferate in economic turmoil. It's just the way it goes. And they're going to be preying on you. They're going to be preying on me. And we really need to get past this attitude that has, well, frankly, contributed to the destruction of this nation, which is this naivete. That what took place in other countries around the world could never happen here. We've got one of the most corrupt governments in world history. World history. That's not hyperbole. We have a president in the Oval Office right now who we know, as a matter of fact, 
And now Comer in this investigation is simply confirming it. That he was bribed and paid off by the biggest enemy of the United States of America, the communist Chinese. In addition to taking payments from Russia, Ukraine. We have a bunch of politicians who have been bought and paid for by the communist Chinese party. It extends well beyond Joe Biden. And these people are making decisions that are intentionally, that are intended to destroy this country. And for what? You know, it's funny. I saw this. Uh, I was watching this. I, you know, I've kind of, I, I, my wife and I have gone through <laughs> so many. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's, it's not really that funny. It's just, I don't know why. It's humorous to me. But my wife and I have been watching all these TV shows. We've kind of like exhausted all the options at this point. You know, I mean, she's pregnant. She kind of can't do anything anymore. So, you know, what do we do? We sit on the couch, you know, at the end of the night or, you know, whenever there's free time, and we watch some of these TV shows. And obviously the greatest disappointment was the, the 1923 series, right, of, uh, you know, one of the prequels to Yellowstone. Well, they just they just ended the show after like the eighth episode. And, and it, it was a surprise to me, which is, oh, we're going to turn this into two seasons. So, you know, that was that was what we we're enjoying. And now that's taken off the table. We've watched all these shows. So I watched some movie with Idris Elba uh, yesterday. I don't remember the name. It was on Netflix. It was a mediocre movie, but, you know, whatever. It was entertaining enough. And it was about this um, this serial killer. This serial killer. And, you know, usually these serial killer movies are big mysteries, right? You know, you don't know who the serial killer is. You're trying to find out who it is. That, that wasn't the way this movie went. They actually showed you the face of the serial killer very early on. So that wasn't part of the plot. But what was interesting is this serial killer, I mean, he was part of this bigger group running these uh, red rooms, right? So people would pay money on the dark web, I guess, to watch these heinous murders take place. You know, all these psychopaths that are serial killers, you know, they tune in and they, you know, get off on watching these types of things take place on this secret location, you know, or whatever. But the way the serial killer managed to to get these victims and convince people to kill themselves and so on and so forth was bribery. Bribery. So he would he would find something on even somebody in the police department. He would find some little thing, like maybe some kid, uh, you know, was, was, was gay and he was closeted. Well, this guy would get video of him, entrap him, you know, making out with a dude, for example. And he'd use that as blackmail to get this person to turn himself in to the serial killer who would then take him, kidnap him, whatever else. But but the reason I point this interesting plot line out is because bribery is very, very powerful. And what, what's really interesting, too, is oftentimes the revelation that they're holding against you isn't actually that big of a deal. In the grand scheme. So what they convince you to do in terms of violations of morality, illegality in the, in the aggregate, is much worse than the thing that they're holding against you. All right? And so it's a very powerful tool. And politicians care very much about their fake reputations they build. And so it's not, it's not that hard to, to begin to understand how easy it is to actually get these politicians to betray the United States of America. Okay? So anyway, so, you know, let's, let's, let's start off with something here because I, I bet I'm the only person talking about it today. I'm always ahead of the a game on these sorts of things. 
I saw an article, of course, uh, being circulated by those that are paid propagandists on Twitter. You know they have these people, right? The Democrat Party actually and the Biden administration actually pay them. They're on the payroll to put propaganda on Twitter and then circulate it to their followers. It's talking points. I mean, this it's a very advanced, um, well, propaganda apparatus. So James Comer is closing in on Joe Biden and his corruption, right? He's got bank records now they've attained from the Treasury. Because remember, there were like a hundred, you know, whenever there's questionable activity in terms of bank accounts, right? It gets flagged by the bank and basically sent to the U.S. government, the Fed, whatever else, the the Treasury, whatever, whatever, whatever regulatory body that looks into this, right? SEC, you know, you name it. There's a, there's a variety of them, IRS, but it gets flagged as questionable. And there were roughly a hundred of these reports just related to Hunter Biden. And of course, this is troublesome. I mean, why would this happen so many times and never be looked into? And so this is one of the things that the committee is looking into, led by Comer. And the administration, uh, the Treasury Department, I mean, all of the deep state has been stonewalling, dragging their feet, trying to prevent them from getting this. Now, remember, when Trump was accused of just bogus things, bogus things that were fabrications, right? They were always trying to get him on obstruction, right? I mean, if he didn't comply with every single thing that the Democrats were demanding based on their false case, based on fabricated evidence like the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, well, they they were screaming for impeachment. So here you have the Democratic Party being totally non-compliant, not just non-compliant, but going out of the way uh, to say no, to reject these requests. Well, the Treasury finally ponied up and they turned over a lot of bank statements, records, transactions, and so on and so forth. And right now, there's a $3 million transaction that they have in their hands. And they have the records. And there's actually a new Biden person in the family that they didn't even know about before who's in on this gag. And I think it might be Sarah Biden, who's the wife, I believe, of Joe Biden's brother. All right? So this is building steam. And I would just remind you that with regard to this revelation right now from Comer about the physical evidence of bribes going between the Biden family, the Biden family crime syndicate, and the communist Chinese. This is alone is more evidence than the Democratic Party ever had about a single accusation they made against Donald Trump. And the media is, doesn't want to talk about it. And this is very real, and it has very serious consequences. And now remember, the Democratic Party is very fearful of a Trump resurrection in 2024. And the only way they see, apart from cheating, uh, to win the election is to simply convince people that Donald Trump is unelectable based on the false allegation that he's some kind of criminal. And the main tactic the Democrats are using to do this is to repeatedly just accuse Trump of that which Joe Biden has committed. It serves a double purpose. One is to give the media cover, not to cover the reports and the damning evidence about the Biden family and the Democratic Party. 
All right. The second is simply tactical, tactical to smear uh, Donald Trump, to so dirty his image in the minds of voters that people are just can't bring themselves to vote for him because they want to make you a pariah if you do. So this is why they use the hyperbole while they associate Trump with Hitler. I mean, none of this is based on evidence. It's just emotion. Emotion intended to force people to be ashamed of voting for Trump because if you admit you vote for him, well, you voted for Hitler. This this is all they have. Meanwhile, their allegations aren't true at all, but they are true about the Democratic Party and Joe Biden himself. It's a very, very sick game these Marxists are playing. And so to give you an idea of how fearful the Democratic Party and the Biden administration are about being uncovered, about being uh, shown, exposed for their real crimes. And the crimes aren't just crimes, it's treason. It's treason, which I would remind you carries the death penalty. I'm not proposing the death penalty. I'm just trying to tell you how serious treason actually is in this country because I know we've grown soft. We don't like the death penalty. We don't like any, any, any death unless it's related to Ukraine. And then we want to send all our, uh, our children over there to die. You know, we don't mind sealing, sending our children to die on foreign soil for a territorial dispute. Oh, the Democrats are going to love that. It's a territorial dispute, by the way. I'm going to say it all day long. Mark Levin's going to come for me. All the, uh, all the rhinos are going to come for me. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, too. A little bit about that, too. I, I, I can't understand it. These are people I admire and respect. They, they, they seem to have a one-track mind. They think we should somehow get involved in a war right now when our financial system is collapsing. Moody's is downgrading us. We're in no position to, to go to war. We have no stomach for it. And they, wanna, they, they think the solution here, somehow, we've got to get Putin. How about the guy in the White House first? Can we deal with that first? So anyway, I know this is a controversial issue and some of you might be screaming, Drew, you're wrong. Well, up yours. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. You can disagree with me. It's fine. But I am going to tell you you're wrong and I'll explain why. Um, so all right. So look, so you've got this going on, this investigation. So what did the, what did the, the Democrats conveniently come up with and put out in the media today via The Guardian, the UK website, an outfit? Well, they unveil Trump-Russia collusion 2.0, except this is called Trump-Russia money laundering. Money laundering. So now we've, you know, it's like Trump, Russia, Russia, Russia. Are we really doing that again? Yes, that's all they have all the time. And the hilarious thing about these accusations about Trump having some relationship, uh, you know, with, with, with Russia is that the people with the strongest ties to Russia are the Obamas and the Clintons. They're the ones who sold them our, 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 our uranium, uranium one. I talked about that scandal a few episodes ago. I'm not going to rehash it, but they, they, they were bribed, essentially paid off to sell Russia our uranium. What's uranium used for? Nuclear weapons. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And so, you know, they want to distract and say, oh, Trump, Russia. So it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. So let me see here. Da, da, da. I mean, it's entirely possible today with the state of my life that I didn't even print the story, Captain. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, I'll just kind of rehash for you from my memory. Thankfully, I'm blessed with a brilliant brain, so I think I can do this without the article. Um, but essentially, the, 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 
Look, the, you know, Trump started uh, Truth Social, right? He got kicked off Twitter. He started his own kind of media company here. And they, they, they got a couple of loans from, uh, you know, one bank in Dominica and another group. And so somebody, look, Dominica uh, has some kind of, it, it, allegedly, you know, the, one of the banks that the, 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 you know, Trump organization here, the new media organization used to get a loan, you know, to, to, to pay for this upstart media company. Well, they, they have some kind of shady history, you know, in terms of, of, of being used by, you know, some other unsavory characters. Now, of course, none of this has anything to do with, the, the, with Trump. I mean, for him to get a loan wherever, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's getting a loan. I mean, so, so, you know, they try and find these other factors that have nothing to do with Trump himself to get incrimination, right? So it's like, oh, well, this Trump, I mean, and think about the irony. We have SB, SVB, which just went belly up and we just bailed them out. And it was basically just a Democrat bank. It was a slush fund for Democrats. This bank gave over $73 million to BLM, to BLM. You have Gavin Newsom who used this this SVB bank for his personal finances. His wife used it as well for her different organizations and left-wing causes. And he also used it to extend financing to his wineries up here in the Napa Valley, Plump Jack and all those. And Gavin Newsom's out there, yes, we have to bail out this bank. Meanwhile, he didn't even disclose, he didn't even disclose that he actually used SVB bank. Do you see the violation there? And so these people want to attack Trump for getting a loan from some bank that might have once given money to somebody who was related to something that was criminal or what? I, I don't know. But my, my point is, it's nothing. There's no crime here. But they're pumping out a story now that Trump, Trump might, might be guilty of, 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 for God's sake, he might be guilty of, uh, you know, a money laundering, money laundering. And the thing about the money laundering, Ali, the reason they, they come up with money laundering is because it's all, it's never... You know, you make this allegation because it's all circumstantial money laundering. It's very, it's, so, you know, it's very easy to make that act. This is what they do. This is what they do. So, so now they're accusing him of money laundering because somebody associated with this bank that he got a loan from had a tie to Putin at some point, second, you know, th- twice removed, three times, you know, uncle of this person. I mean, it, it's insane. And of course, they're putting this information out. And, and why is it that the federal government is, is, is constantly investigating every aspect of Donald Trump. And they're not, not, they're not investigating because Donald Trump's done something wrong because there's evidence of criminality. They're just saying, we think he's a criminal, so we're going to investigate. This isn't how investigations operate in a first world nation that is a democracy or a republic. You don't say, I don't like this person, so let's investigate him. You have proof of a crime. And then you pursue it and try and find evidence. I mean, this, it's, 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 it's insane. And people just go along with this because they hate Donald Trump so much. It's ridiculous. So, of course, conveniently, let's not look at what's going on with Joe Biden and the fact that he's taken, well, tens of millions of dollars from the communist Chinese over a period of time. Let's not look at that. Oh, let's look at Trump. He got a loan. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And, of course... You know, the reporting of this, they won't reveal sources. They're anonymous sources. And when you see anonymous sources by these, these propagandists, you know there's nothing. It's just a bunch of leakers, a bunch of deep staters who are just feeding the media whatever they need 
to serve their purpose. So, you know, anyway. But I do I do want to say something about this this uh, this Stormy Daniels thing, right? I hit on this with the terrible audio last time. But, you know, the Democrats' Hail Mary here is that Alvin Bragg out of the Manhattan DA's office, well, you know, they've got a grand jury assembled. They've been there assembled for, I don't know, three, six months. That's how these grand juries work. No defense. The federal prosecutors for the government that hate Trump and want to destroy him, the, these partisan hacks, well, they've been giving evidence to a grand jury of 22 people who are residents of Manhattan, who are, you know, Biden voters, uh, to tell them that Trump committed a campaign finance violation. But they don't just want a campaign finance violation because that's a misdemeanor. They want it to be a criminal offense. So they're trying to come up with this bogus narrative so they can recommend this to the DOJ to put together an actual uh, jury, if you will, to put Trump in jail. But, you know, they won't get that far. I said it before, they're going to get the indictment because all they need for the stupid Democrat base is the word indictment because the Democrat base doesn't understand what indictment is, just like they didn't understand what impeachment was. It doesn't mean you're guilty, but it sounds bad. Just like Trump-Russia collusion. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? And I, I, you know, I see the Democrats trying to tear this poor girl on, uh, apart. She was on some lefty rag propagandist, and they asked her to explain what woke meant. And she fumbled. And I think, I didn't listen to the clip, but just from what I saw, I think she even said aloud on the clip, like, oh, this is going to go viral. So, you know, they get this girl on there. They make her feel uncomfortable. They ask her what to define woke, because woke isn't really effective. It doesn't have a positive connotation. And the left doesn't like being called woke. So their strategy now, as the, the clever Marxists they are, is to try and expose those people that are calling them woke as stupid people who who can't even define what woke means. And I was reminded of this because the Democrats constantly talk about quid pro quo and Trump-Russia collusion and insurrection, and they can't even explain how Trump did Trump-Russia collusion. They can't explain how quid pro quo is even a criminal offense. It's not. They can't even explain how Trump actually incited an insurrection. They just accuse. And so anyway, this, this is the strategy. But I'll tell you what woke is. Woke is Marxism. Woke is the modern update of terminology that explains the entire left and their Marxist agenda in one word. That's what woke is. Now, woke is an ironic word, of course, because those who are woke are not awake. Those who are woke are actually asleep. Those who are woke are anti-American. When we say somebody is woke, I just want to help this poor girl out. When we say someone is woke, we mean they have adopted hook, line, and sinker, the Marxist agenda, the destructive anti, anti-American agenda of the left without even a question. So what is woke? Well, you're woke if you simply acknowledge the anti-scientific belief, for example, that men can become women. You're woke if you think that children should be exposed to pornography. You are woke if you support drag shows for children. You are woke if you support the DEI agenda of the left. You're woke if you banked at SVB. You're woke if you're a Democrat. 
You're woke if you voted for Joe Biden. You're woke if you're a communist Marxist. That's what woke means in a nutshell. Woke is to be a subscriber to an evil agenda intended to destroy this nation. That's what woke means. Okay? It means everything in one word. All right, so anyway, so the Stormy Daniels thing, I already explained with the bad audio that it's a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger. You know, I mean, they indicted, uh, um, what was his name, Captain? Uh, not John Kerry's running mate. You know what I'm talking about. I said it last time for some reason. John Edwards, John Edwards. So a grand jury actually indicted John Edwards over campaign finance violations back in 2011, I think, which was related to something that happened in 2008, right? And John Edwards had, had received $1 million from two individuals, I believe. Two individuals gave him a total of a $1 million. One of the women was 100 years old, I believe, as well. Uh, but anyway, and they, and they told him, hey, you know, they, they basically admitted this is off the record so you can use this because, you know, he had a baby mama on the side, right? He was cheating. He had an affair and he wanted to keep that quiet. Ooh, sounds eerily similar to Donald Trump, doesn't it? So he wanted to keep that affair quiet. And so he used these million dollars to make her very comfortable to keep her quiet and out of the public eye. And he was indicted for it. And then when it finally came to a trial, guess what? It was a hung jury on pretty much all the different allegations. Uh, but the, actually, the allegation of uh, you know, violating some kind of uh, campaign finance, they actually rendered him not guilty. So the point is, uh, to, to even pursue this, you're crazy because there's precedent that this doesn't work. But the reason I bring this up as well is because even if Trump was, and he's not, he's not, I explain why. But even, even if he was guilty of committing some kind of campaign finance violation, the Democratic Party is trying to hang him for a jaywalking ticket. That's what this amounts to. I just want to read a couple headlines for you. This is the Hillary Clinton campaign, campaign finance violation in 2016. And this stems from the fact that she lied about what she paid Perkins Coy in terms of the Steele dossier. Remember, the Clinton campaign used the Perkins Coy law firm and Mark Elias, who's out there pretending like he's the Democrat's savior of democracy. Well, she used and her campaign used Perkins Coy as a go-between to fund the Steele dossier, to pay for opposition research, to pay for the fake trumped up allegations like the PP tape against Donald Trump. All right. So they settled, right? So, so Hillary Clinton and her campaign were guilty of this. But in order to, you know, escape the public stain of guilt, they settled with $113,000. So Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democratic Party described payments to a law firm that commissioned scrutiny of Trump-Russia ties, leading to the Steele dossier as legal services, not opposition research. Now, I bring this up because one of the principal allegations these losers are trying to make in front of this grand jury of likely stupid voters and, and ignorant individuals is that, you know, Trump had Michael Cohen pay with his own money the $100,000 for the quote-unquote hush money, okay? 
And then Trump reimbursed Cohen and he delineated that as legal fees. He didn't delineate it as a hush money payment, which is stupid. You wouldn't do that anyway. And this kind of stuff happens all the time. All right. <clears throat> and so, so Hillary Clinton here in her campaign, well, guess what? They paid the Perkins Coy law firm for opposition research, but they delineated it as legal services. And so the Democrats aren't upset about this at all. Now, there are differences, but it's, it's identical in the way that I'm talking about. And it's no big deal. They paid $113. I mean, let, let, me, let me get to the specifics of how deep this goes. Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and the, Democrat, and the Democratic Party have agreed to pay $113,000 in fines to settle a federal election commission investigation into whether they violated a campaign finance disclosure law when they funded an opposition research effort into Donald J. Trump and Russia that resulted in a discredited document known as the Steele dossier. During the 2016 race, the Clinton campaign and the DNC retained a law firm, Perkins Coy, which in turn hired a research group, Fusion GPS, that commissioned what became the dossier. In campaign spending disclosures, the campaign and the party said their payments to Perkins Coy were for legal services, not opposition research. And this is what they want to indict Trump over. This is what they claim is the smoking gun. This is what they claim and hope is going to put Trump behind bars. This is what they hope is going to disqualify Trump from running. This is what Republican rhinos like Asa Hutchinson are claiming disqualifies and discredits Trump from running for election in 2024. Now, are Asa Hutchinson and these people stupid? They can research and read this just like I am now. Why is it so hard, Captain, for people to do? I mean, you know, this is a one-hour show today. As usual, I'm going to run out of time. Captain's going to murder me when I don't give it, get to all the clips. I just, I'm just talking. I mean, most of this is from memory because I pay attention. Some of this is because I know where to look because I remember it. I just want to get it to read to you. The media can do the same thing. But these propagandists... Do not tell you this information on purpose. And the Democrats don't ever hear this information. And by the way, the article I just read to you about Democrats paying $113,000 to settle the Clinton campaign's violation of campaign finance laws, that was printed by the New York Times, a left-wing organization. I didn't get this from Fox News. Let me point this out too, and then we'll get into the other stuff, Captain, I promise. Here's a headline from Business Insider. 78 members of Congress have violated a law designed to prevent insider trading and stop conflicts of interest. Oh my gosh. Look at all the, and look, I just point this out because these kind of laws, and some of them are serious, and some of them just aren't that, sometimes you have laws in place that are so frivolous and so stupid and so impossible to police that they get broken, okay? And so, I'm not really taking a stand on the severity of this law, but I'm just telling you that Republicans and Democrats, 78 members of Congress, from Dianne Feinstein all the way to even um, Rand Paul, okay? They've all violated this statute, and this has to do with insider trading. So here's how this law works. So you're supposed to properly report your financial trades This is mandated by the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act of 2012, known as the Stock Act. 
Congress passed a law a decade ago to combat insider trading and conflicts of interest among their own members and force lawmakers to be more transparent. But many members of Congress have not fully complied with the law. They offer excuses, including ignorance of the law, clerical errors, and mistakes by an accountant. And if you violate this law, the penalty is usually $200. So, you know, my, my point is just to give you perspective. I mean, here's one more. AOC's campaign and ex-chief of staff failed to disclose $1 million in expenses. $1 million. And we're supposed to hang Trump for a $100,000 payment to Stormy Daniels to tell her to shut up? And by the way, I, I, I saw this interview. The left is trying to herald it as some slam dunk. Trump's lawyer got into it with Ari, what's his name? I don't know. I don't want to be mistaken when I make fun of his name, you know. It's, but anyway, Ari, whatever, on, on, I don't know if it was MSNBC, CNN, whatever. But, you know, he was trying to point out that in the past, many years ago, Trump was asked about the hush money. And Trump said, you know, he said, no, he didn't make the payment when he did. And the lawyer correctly points out that that was the correct answer from Trump, because had he said yes, he would have violated the confidentiality agreement between him and Stormy Daniels. Okay, so, you know, sometimes the law actually forces you to lie, if you will. And he wasn't committing perjury or anything like that. But, you know, get cut. Let's do it now, Captain. Get cut um, too ready, Captain. This is Biden. So the media wants to attack Trump for you know, for lying about his knowledge of the, the you know, uh, Stormy Daniels payment. Okay. And I would remind you, but meanwhile, which has no impact on anybody's life, but you had Joe Biden during actual presidential debates and multiple times on national TV saying that he didn't know anything about Hunter Biden's business dealings. When in fact, there's actually audio of Joe Biden talking to his son, Hunter Biden, trying to comfort him about the revelations. And we know he had meetings with, with uh, his son's associates. So he lied. Media doesn't care. But go ahead. The, the, the sociopathic liar in the Oval Office, Joe Biden. This is what he just said about his story he likes to tell about how he became gay friendly, gay marriage friendly, an ally of LGBTQ+. Here he is. Go ahead and play, Captain. I might cut it off short, but go ahead. Cut to. You codified uh, support for same-sex marriage and interracial marriages like, like ours. I'm curious what your evolution was like on marriage equality and what the federal government might be able to do to protect LGBTQ Americans, especially trans kids who are dealing with all these regressive state laws that are popping up right now. I can remember exactly where my uh, epiphany was. Okay. I hadn't thought much about it, to tell you uh-huh. the truth. And I was, a, I was a senior in high school, and my dad was dropping me off. I remember about to get out of the car, and I looked to my right, and two well-dressed men in suits kissed each other. I mean, they gave each other a kiss. And then one went, looked like he was heading to the DuPont building, and one looked like he headed to the Hercules Corporation building. And I'll never forget, I turned and looked at my dad. He said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. It's simple. No, I'm not joking. It's simple. They love each other. And it's never been... It's, 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 it's never been. All right, so I'm just doing some rough math. So he said when he was in high school, 
he saw a couple guys kissing wherever he so that would have been like 1953 uh just as a matter of fact uh people were closeted in 1953 they weren't walking around in public smooching each other if they were gay i I mean and and this guy grew up in a pretty quote-unquote conservative area right whether it was delaware wherever he's from so he's in high school with his dad and two guys are making out in public firstly let's establish the the fact that that's highly unlikely but in addition to that he's full of crap because apparently that story he forgot for most of his life until recently because just a few years ago, cut three, Captain, this is Joe Biden's stance on gay marriage. So when he was in high school, he saw two gay guys kiss and he he back then was saying, you know, I got to get into politics because, you know, I got to make sure gays can get married. I got to make sure that we change the definition of marriage to include gays. Ah, oh, yes. Well, that's weird because... This is circa 2000, I don't know, eight, I think it is. Go ahead and play the cut, Captain. President used his radio address uh, yesterday and tomorrow in the Rose Garden to talk about a constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage. And we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law. The Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Do you support gay marriage? No. Barack Obama nor I support. Okay. Okay. So, I mean... I, I just can't tolerate it from the media who's trying to attack Donald Trump about something he said related to a confidentiality agreement that Stormy Daniels actually violated herself. That, 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 and basically, and it's true, you know, um, uh, she tried to exploit him. It's like this thing in the news, Captain. I don't know if you've seen it with, with Tiger Woods. I mean, I, look, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with his personal decisions. This isn't a, a, a documentary about Tiger Woods, but, you know, I know about his father and infidelity and where this comes from and, and so on and so forth. The whole psychological component to this in Tiger Woods. Um, but just on the matter of Tiger Woods and his, his personal life in terms of his, his choices with partners and things, look, I don't need to rehash it. You all know what's happened with his wife and everything else and the cheating and the pay, hush money payments and stuff that he, he did to silence these women. But, you know... <clears throat> This latest gal that was his girlfriend as recently as 2022, I think, you know, she's, she had to sign a confidentiality or, or, or a non-disclosure agreement just to date him because he knows how this goes. The guy's a billionaire and he's looking over his shoulder. He knows how it goes. And so she signed this NDA and the relationship went sour and apparently kicked her out of the house and said, I don't want to be with you anymore. That's, that's his right. He didn't abuse her or anything else. And so now she's gone public and trying to sue him for $30 million. So you don't have to agree with Trump's personal decision or moral decision in terms of Stormy Daniels, what happened or what didn't happen. But people do this. I mean, you have Bill Clinton who got a blowjob under the, you know, under the desk of the Oval Office, and then he perjured himself about it. So spare me. Spare me. I won't apologize for Trump. And this is a lesson in the new right. This is a lesson in the new rules of engagement. Never, ever apologize to the left for anything on our side. 
unless it's a violation of something that is a conservative agenda item, like if Donald Trump came out tomorrow and said, I support open borders, okay, destroy the man. But short of that, please stop apologizing for Donald Trump. Please stop being ashamed of Donald Trump. When you have this loser in the White House and the Democratic Party that is actually epitomizes sin, so stop it. This is something we have to learn. Stop apologizing. Never apologize to the left. That's rule number one. I'm putting it in this book that I'm writing. All right. So we got to get to this, um, this, this, this gun stuff real quick. And, 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 and um, cue up cut one, Captain. So, so this, is, this is Joe Biden. And um, this is him just the other day. Uh, talking about his his imminent executive order. I don't know if it's been signed yet, but it's going to be signed. And I'll tell you where this is going. I'll tell you where this is going. And this is why I, I'm very serious because of all the aforementioned reasons from the opening of the show. Please, for your own safety and your family's safety, if you don't own firearms, buy firearms. Buy ammunition. Better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. Better to have it and tell them to come and get it later than for them to be coming and getting it and you don't even have one to defend yourself. All right? Play, play cut one, Captain. As I continue to call on Congress to require background checks for all firearm sales. And in the meantime... In the meantime, my executive order directs my attorney general to take every lawful action possible possible to move us as close as we can to universal background checks without new legislation. So this is like the gun stove ban, right? <clears throat> they are coming for the for the um, the gas stoves. And you know what? It's amazing, Captain. So our electricity went out yesterday. We had a big storm come through. We've had so much rain up here in the Napa Valley. And our electricity went out. As soon as, soon as my wife and I were like, hey, should we, should we make dinner? <laughs> we got up to make dinner. The TV shut off. And, you know, the electricity was out. But we have a gas stove. And so the starter wouldn't work, but we used a lighter. So the gas worked, right? So we were actually able to cook ourselves dinner, even though we didn't have electricity. So I mentioned that story because it's very relevant because that's one of the important purposes of a gas stove. When electricity fails, when a power line goes down, guess what? We still are able to eat. And you know what? We, we have a grandfathered in um, fireplace as well. Right now it currently uses gas, it's, it, you know, but we could convert it into a, a normal fireplace. But it's a gas stove. So let, let's just say it was 40 degrees outside and we're freezing our butts off and we can't turn on the heater. Guess what? I can go turn on my gas stove and light it. I mean, my, my gas fireplace and light it. And so the Democrats think that's a problem and they want to take that from you for some reason. Now, the reason I say this is related to the, the gun ban is they are deadly serious about taking your firearms, but you can't do it overnight. And the same thing with a gas stove. With a gas stove, you know, uh, the administration tried to say it was a conspiracy theory, but they're doing this through a backdoor uh, way. And I'll tell you how. So they're using the EPA or the Department of Energy. Surprise, surprise. The Department of Everything, if you remember, as, it's, as I call it. 
They're using it to um, regulate... Well, so it's a backdoor ban by way of outrageous regulations. Only 4% of gas stoves will meet. So basically, um, the Department of Energy is conducting this gas stove grab through a rule that would impose extreme energy performance standards on residential cooktops. The department's proposed rule sets requirements for gas cooktops at the maximum technologically feasible or max tech level. Based on the Department of Energy's own analysis, gas cooktops at the max tech level represent just 4% of current market share and exclude all conventional freestand ranges. Any rule that causes 96% of the products available today to be eliminated from the market is an extreme regulation. Now, the EPA was shot down when they were trying to regulate coal plants out of uh, existence because the Supreme Court said you can't regulate an entire, um, you know, uh, component of the economy out of existence. But that's what it doesn't stop them. Here they go again, use the Department of Energy to do it as well. And, you know, the way these fact checkers, the propagandists work. I mean, here you go. Factcheck.org. The Biden administration is not planning to ban gas stoves. Reuters. Nationwide bans on gas stoves are not going to be introduced imminently. USA Today fact check. Our rating false that the Biden administration wants to ban gas. I mean, you see what they do? They're liars. And if a fact checker says it, it's not true. The fact check exists, exists to protect, protect, protect the regime and lie for them. And so uh, the way Democrats do this is you try and tell them everything I just said. You can quote the story, whatever else. And you know how they respond? They just say, no, the fact checker said you're not telling the truth. That's it. You're shut down. That's, that's how clever they are and how stupid Democrats are that buy the fact checkers. So they are doing this. So Joe Biden wants to ban guns. Wants to ban guns. And the reason he's calling for universal background checks. You can't have a universal background check without universal gun registration. They go hand in hand like a glove. And so by calling for universal background checks and trying to do that through an executive order, he's also calling for universal gun registries. Now, what this does, of course, is it puts law-abiding citizen, law-abiding citizens and turns them into potential criminals for not registering your guns. Now, of course, this benefits criminals because no criminal by virtue of being a criminal who violates the law so willingly and eagerly and easily, is going to register their firearm. It's not going to stop them. And the point is, we have background checks in almost every case anyway to get a firearm these days. And criminals, of course, can't attain guns, and yet somehow they do. You cannot prevent somebody intent upon using a gun to hurt somebody from getting one. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to break into the safe. They're going to do whatever it takes, okay? And so this is the way it works. So you have to register guns so you know who has the guns. And then you can go about the long, arduous process of seizing those guns. And let me tell you how this works in reality too. Like in California, it's totally unconstitutional. It's a violation of the Second Amendment completely. But they've banned a ton of weapons out here. Banned a ton of weapons. And so you could have bought that weapon in the past, but 
California, for example, passes a law and they say, well, this gun is banned. I'm just going to make this. Well, let's use the AR-15, for example. Let's say you own an AR-15. You've had it for 10 years. Well, California passes a unconstitutional law that makes AR-15s illegal in the state of California. There's no grandfathered clause. So you become a criminal overnight because you own a gun that they've now deemed illegal. Do you understand how this works? And so this is what's going to end up happening as well. You're going to be made a criminal by virtue of this incremental process of making certain guns illegal. And it starts with this gun and it goes to that gun. It's how many bullets and so on and so forth. And this is how it happens. And before you know it, you're a criminal. Someone's knocking on your door eventually. So this, so, so let me explain how this works too. So, all right, you're registered. So now the federal government, the state governments, everyone knows exactly what guns you have at your house. They pass a new law. One of those guns you own is suddenly illegal. So by possessing it, you're a criminal. You're going to get a phone call. Hey, you've got this gun, I notice, that's registered. It's not legal anymore. We need to come and get it. And then what are you going to do? Say no? You've got a situation, don't you? So this is how the process begins. They're coming for the guns, and they want to make you unsafe. And they want to, this, this is, they are trying to clear the path for dictatorship. That's what's happening in America right now. They are putting the processes in place. They are moving more and more quickly right now because they're running out of time. And so it used to be this long process, debate, debate, debate. Now notice, he's not asking, he's, while he's asking Congress to act, he's doing this on his own. So they used to acknowledge that these executive orders were not constitutional, right? Congress has to pass a law. Now Congress passing law is likewise unconstitutional, but now he's not even waiting on Congress. He's rushing. These people are terrified. They're terrified of 2024. They're terrified of being exposed right now. And they want to make sure that you are not in a position to defend yourself and your country. Tyranny is here. It's not knocking on the door. It's here now. So buy guns, buy ammunition, keep your family safe. That's all I can tell you to do. I know it sounds cliche, but I, I, I just, I'm serious. I'm very serious. Um... All right. Well, I, I think you guys get the point. You know, you know, it's just amazing. It's amazing, these Democrats. I got a New York Times story here. This is related to the, the, the bailout. Here's the headline. This is from today or today, I think. Don't call it a bailout. Washington is haunted by the 2008 financial crisis. The colossal bailouts after the 2008 collapse arguably saved the global economy but they also provoked a ferocious popular backlash. That's right, bailing out the rich. So the Democrats know, and they knew ahead of this, that this was a bailout. But because of polling, they lie to you and tell you it's not a bailout. We did just bail out the banks and we nationalized them. And this is why they're nationalized. So these banks are now incentivized to make reckless decisions and so on and so forth because now we know that they can't fail. Now remember, Signature Bank and SVB were not deemed these significant uh, banks that would, would be worthy of some kind of bailout. I forget what the terminology is. 
but they bailed them out anyway. So the message to banks now is, as long as you support Democrat causes, as long as you donate $73 million to BLM, as long as you give money to the Democrats and your Democrat donor, we don't care what you do. Make reckless decisions, make bad investments, make risky investments, but subscribe to our agenda, do our bidding, help fund our Marxist agenda, and you're bailed out. So now they have the banks. The message has been sent to the banks. As long as you obey, as long as you're good Democrats fulfilling our agenda, we'll bail you out. You see, it's not that hard. But if you don't do what we say, we'll let you burn. We'll let you go down in flames. So we don't have capitalism anymore. One more thing, you know, you know, Chip Roy, Captain, I don't know if you heard about this. Captain, you got time to go over like five minutes here? Okay. So, you know, I haven't talked a lot about this. So there's so much going on. But, but I want to point something else out about our side and something that's actually concerning me. So, you know, Chip Roy and, um, and Donald Trump, you know, they have some beef privately. And Chip Roy just came out and endorsed Ron DeSantis for president in 2024. I like Chip Roy, but this decision is reckless and it's inexplicable. Ron DeSantis has not even announced that he's running for president in 2024. Now, there are many theories about why this played out. Maybe DeSantis is looking to get people to call for him to run. So he looks like he's answering the call instead of looking like he's challenging Trump. But this decision by Trip Roy, I got to drink water real quick. One sec. <clears throat> this decision by Chip Roy, I, I, I can't back it. I can't back it. I mean, and this is my greatest fear here. I, I just, whatever happens, and I support a robust primary in debates, but I, I just get the feeling that there are still so many people in this party who are, I mean, they're taking sides already. Now, I'm not taking a side, to be honest. I mean, I, I would say I lean towards a Trump nomination based on a variety of factors we'll get into on another another time. But, you know, Whatever happens is going to happen, and I'm going to back that nominee. I just, I just, you know, while the, while the Democrats are circling the wagons to protect Joe Biden, I mean, we're sitting here having these these vicious attacks against our own, and they're doing nothing but damaging us in the court of public opinion. And politics is a popularity contest, as, as I've explained so many times. And if you want to win over independent voters and others. I mean, you can't sit here and have a firing squad every day on your own people because you're playing into the Democrats' hand. So we should sit here and instead be saying, look, look look how lucky we are, unlike the Democrats, to have such a robust field, right? We have this, um, and, and this is the thing, like you can, you can love and admire DeSantis and support Trump and vice versa. It doesn't have to be I support Trump, so I hate DeSantis and I want to destroy him. So, 
I just, you know, the Chip Roy thing's just bothering me. Bothering me so much because it's a... It just... It's like a foreboding feeling about what's to come going forward about this fight amongst ourselves. And, you know, we need to unify sooner rather than later. And we need to make sure that we... If we're going to say, you know, I, I really would like DeSantis, you know. I, I just, I don't know why you would do this. And this shows me a lack of discipline in our party. A lack of discipline amongst our own politicians. You know, that they give in to their own personal feelings. They're not really interested in necessarily what's best for the country. Because the way they explain their positions, the way they're coming out and doing this in Chip Roy's case, it's unrestrained. It doesn't take into consideration all the things I'm talking about. Now, he's free to have an opinion, but he's a congressperson. He's a congressman. And so he's playing into the left's narrative. And we've already got the rhinos going on TV every day. Yeah, that's right. We've got a circular firing squad. The left circles the wagons to protect, and we do a circular firing squad. You know, and, I, and this is the thing too. And you know, DeSantis came out, and here's me defending DeSantis. Right? DeSantis go, answered, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson's questions, right, about the war in Ukraine, and he said what most Americans, at least on our side, agree with, and what Trump's position is. He's calling this Russia-Ukraine thing a territorial dispute. And Mark Levin, who I've listened to since I was young, who I still admire, I'm not attacking him or anything like that. But I, I, I'm allowed to disagree. He's out there now. Essentially, he just had DeSantis on his show, Liber- Life, Liberty, and Levin. He loves DeSantis, but DeSantis comes out and has a dis- disagreement about this point with Mark Levin. And Mark Levin is just like sledge- taking the sledgehammer to the guy. And again, how is it that we can sit here and ignore all the corruption in Ukraine? Ignore all the history of our intervention there that's led to this problem? How can we accept that there's no peaceful solution? How can we sit here and call for escalation of this, given the circumstances of our own country right now, an election coming up? I mean, this is so short-sighted. And, you know, who does a war benefit? Who does it benefit if we go to war with Russia? The Chinese, the Iranians, the Russians, who are now having these, you know, war games in conjunction with one another? Are we prepared for that? No. No. So, you know, anyway. But, you know, the, the, the last positive thing I'll say, Captain, is, you know, there's a, there's a headline from Breitbart. Hillary Clinton, Oprah Winfrey, Jay Leno melt down as Trump prepares to publish their letters to him. This is why Trump is a sharp guy. So Trump's releasing a book. He's releasing a book, and he's going to release all these letters that Hillary Clinton... Jay Leno, Oprah Winfrey, all these people that attack him vociferously and call him some kind of dictator and Hitler wannabe, they loved him. So he's destroying their credibility. And they're so upset. They're out there trying to get ahead of this and they can't control it because he can publish those letters. There's no problem. But they're trying to make it look like he's violating their privacy or something else. None of that's true. But this is a brilliant thing to do. Because all these, it's like, it's like with Tucker Carlson, these, these text messages that have come out of this lawsuit and they're trying to 
to destroy Tucker Carlson's credibility and his relationship with his audience because he said some things about not liking, they weren't positive about Trump. Who cares? I do it. We all do it. It's not working. But that's what they're doing here. So, so he's doing that to all these people. And he's saying, look, publicly, you guys hate me. And yet you were telling me how much you loved me until I ran for office in 2016. It's absolutely brilliant. All right. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. God bless you all. Uh, go to my Substack, subscribe. Uh, we're going to be releasing an interview uh, next week uh, with a great, great libertarian mind. Um, his name is, uh, is uh, oh my gosh, Captain. This is a Murray Sabrin, who's actually a friend of mine too, but he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's been out there. We're going to talk about all these wide-ranging issues. And these are, these are interviews that we're going to start doing. They're going to go behind a paywall. But this one will be free to you, and you do not want to miss it. Murray is a, a brilliant person uh, in his 70s, and I learn a lot from him. He's got solutions. If you're looking for solutions, this is the thing about Murray. He has solutions to everything. He's not just, this sucks and that sucks. He's, this sucks, and I'm going to tell you how to fix it. And he's an immigrant to this country, too. He loves it. So, all right, again, Drew Allen. Millennial Minister of Truth, and as we say, until next time. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. Has Drew died Allen. hard conservative to this guy for wisdom.